anti-racists, reverse racists, and regular racists. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, March 16th, 2021. This is the last day to sign the Gavin Newsom recall. It wraps up tomorrow. We've already got it, people. Over 2 million signatures. That horrific buffoon is being recalled, although they're going to try to stop it, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but it's a very exciting day because of that. Uh, Before we get to the stories, guys, as always, click that subscribe button and that notification bell so that maybe, just maybe, you'll see our videos in your YouTube feed. And uh, we got three stories for you today, uh, and they're sort of all over the place because I got into a fight with Bette Midler. That's how we're going to bring this show home today. Uh, But we're going to start with a follow-up on what we covered yesterday, which I really think is, is the story of the week, no matter what else happens this week. This absolutely crazy story where the Washington Post two months later has in effect retracted, they didn't even call it a retraction, they called it a correction. Uh, But in effect, they retracted, that's what it actually is, but they're not calling it a retraction because that sounds scary. Uh, Correction sounds like we didn't do something as bad. Uh, This story where Trump on that secretly recorded phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State Uh, where they made it sound like Trump was basically doing something illegal or at least immoral by trying to get the Secretary of State to find votes. Well, it was all a hoax. It was all a hoax. Surprise, surprise. More more fine work from the Blue Anon journalists. And we're going to play a video from Gravian Media that's just incredible. It's a two-minute compilation of just the way other outlets then just repeat a hoax. And it will sort of show you how a hoax spreads, how bad ideas and viruses and lies spread throughout the system. So we're going to start with that. Then we're going to talk about Joy Behar uh, on The View because uh, she said that Antifa is just an idea. Have we heard that before from that old guy that's president that's not sure who he is or where he is? Yeah, I think we've heard that. And then finally, uh, we're going to play a clip from MSNBC because Gavin Newsom, the governor who, again, is being recalled, very exciting, Uh, he was on MSNBC with Joy Reid, who's just one of the worst people in all of cable news, and he promised to replace Dianne Feinstein if, in fact, she steps down, because she's like 140 years old. If she steps down, he promised to give that seat uh, to a black woman, which sort of sounds like racial quotas and perhaps systemic uh, racism and all that. And then, finally, this is sort of connected to that story, I got, I tweeted something about Newsom and Bette Midler, Remember Bette Midler from, uh, well, she was in First Wives Club. She was in that episode of Seinfeld, Wind Beneath My Wings. She went after me on Twitter. I'm in a fight with Bette Midler, and we're going to unpack all of that. Before we get to it, though, guys, I want to talk to you about Raycon. I've got their fine headphones right here. And as you know, once a year, I like to go off the grid for the month of August. But as you can imagine, unplugging is easier said than done. And what about the other 11 months of the year? I still need my time away from screens and devices. And fortunately, by putting in my new Raycon wireless earbuds, these things fit. I found a way to rest my eyes without missing the important content that I need to do my job and live my best life. Whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes, listening to the audio book version of Don't Burn This Book, an excellent book, by the way, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears, 
can make all the difference. There are no dangling wires or stems and Raycons come in a range of stylish colors and always with comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly and with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for my listeners and here's what you gotta do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ruben. Buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys. So this Washington Post story, the reason I, I'm willing to say here on Tuesday that it's the story of the week pretty much no matter what else happens is because so much of the framing of everything we're dealing with right now, like the endless craziness, cancel culture, bullshit politicians, like the whole thing, what, what sits behind that is a media that is just completely dishonest. We now have partisan activists pretending to be journalists. We have almost no actual journalists. As you know, I always have to use air quotes when I, when I say the word journalist, that is a real problem. We've got two or three, I, Andy No, I would put in there, uh, but there aren't many. They, and not only are they partisan, they're pretty much all partisan to the left, right? We know that they're pretty much all Democrats. Have you read any critical pieces of Joe Biden anywhere since he became president, right? Every day it was orange Hitler, this, that, the other thing for four years. Now there's seemingly like no criticism at all. But okay, I think you guys all get that. This Washington Post story is, is just so crazy because not only did they make up what became a massive scandal and, and basically was used also as part of Trump's second impeachment. Remember the sham second impeachment? We had the first sham impeachment. Then they did a second one that like, remember that? Like nobody even talks about it. They had this ridiculous two day sham impeachment that went nowhere. Well, part of what he was charged with actually included uh, evidence from this, evidence from this Washington Post story. In any event, what's interesting to me about this is not just that the media makes up stuff and they use uh, anonymous sources and no one ever gets fired or exposed or any of that. Like the, the fix is in on all that. I think if you're watching this enough, you get my feelings on that and I, sus I suspect you're probably with me on that. What's interesting about this story is the way that a lie can start and how it then works its way through all of mainstream media. So Grabian Media uh, put together this two minute clip of, well, just watch people on cable news and regular news just repeating what we now know is a complete lie. Another week, another call. NBC News confirming that President Trump called Georgia's chief elections investigator to, quote, find the fraud, saying that official would be, quote, a national hero. President Trump personally called Georgia's lead in elections investigator and demanded that person produce evidence which didn't exist and, quote, find the fraud adding that if they did so, they would be a, quote, national hero. The Washington Post reported yesterday that President Trump called a Georgia election investigator and pressured him to, quote, find the fraud. And President Trump apparently pressured an election investigator to find the fraud. Again, not the phone call out of Georgia, another one. We now know of um, a second, there's so much, uh, a second call from President Trump 
to Georgia officials about trying to overturn the election. Uh, he reportedly told uh, an elections investigator in Cobb County to, quote, find the fraud, and then that person would be a national hero. Trump making that call was essentially interfering in an active investigation when he asked the top investigator to, quote, find the fraud, saying that that official would be a, quote, national hero if that person did so. Now, there was a second call to another elections official in your state to, quote, find the fraud. Well, I was pleased to see that uh, this kind of pressuring of our secretary of state was added to the articles of impeachment. NBC News confirming a Washington Post report revealing that President Trump placed a separate call to Georgia election officials pressuring them to, and I quote, find the fraud while trying to overturn the results there. Late last month, the president called Georgia's lead elections investigator, urging them to, quote, find the fraud. This was first reported by the Washington Post. Now we are also learning of another call, first reported by the Washington Post and confirmed by our colleague Jason Morris, uh, that the president called one of these uh, investigators in the state of Georgia who was investigating election fraud uh, and urged him to, quote, find the fraud uh, and also uh, encouraging him that he would become a national hero if indeed he did find evidence of voter fraud in that. Boy, that's an awful lot of mainstream journalists repeating a completely fabricated situation. You see how they do that? So somebody makes it up with an anonymous source, Washington Post, and then everybody, you saw CNN, you saw HLN, you saw MSNBC, you saw uh, you know article titles from New York Times and all the usual suspects. Is anyone gonna be fired? Is anyone going to retract anything else? Are any of these people gonna mention on Twitter that they really dropped the ball and didn't do their own research and just went off someone else's research? This is, a, this is a real problem. And the reason I wanted to cover it and the reason I think it has the gravity that it has is just think what they could do to anyone. When we talk about this, this cancel culture situation, just think how they could spread a lie about literally anybody you, me, anyone, that they could just make something up, an anonymous source could place something in the Washington Post or the New York Times, a source on Capitol Hill, right? Like you can't write, well, now in a college, there's no standards anymore. But back in my day, when we went to college, if I was writing a paper, I couldn't say a source on Capitol Hill told me, a source in the college library bathroom told me this. No, you'd have to actually source things and link. And you know, at the end, you'd have an appendix and you'd have to actually show where you got information from. There's none of that in the media anymore. And when you see a massive lie like this, and then when you think about how big tech told us, well, we're gonna, we're gonna worry about election misinformation and we're gonna delete posts and we're gonna put warnings on things that don't fit our narrative. But you know, if things you know, fit the other narrative, right? Or not fit the other narrative, things just happen to be true. If things just happen to be true, well, then they're gonna leak all through everything. And then when we find out that they're not true, well, there you go. So I, I think you guys get it. Like these, there's something very dangerous. Like there's actually a danger now. They've gone from being sort of manipulative to actually dangerous. And it's like, if they're caught in this, what else are these people gonna be caught in? You know, let's not forget that Joe Biden launched his campaign, launched his campaign on that very fine people hoax, right? We all know that it was a hoax. Donald Trump did not say after Charlottesville that there are very fine people on both sides, meaning that the Nazis are good and the people against the Nazis are equally good. He condemned all of the neo-Nazis in the sentence before that. I've played it here. You don't really see it on mainstream media. 
he, uh, he condemns them. And then he said, there's very fine people on both sides, meaning of the debate about taking down statues, which of course is true, but they let lies run through the system. And then for you guys watching this at home and for everybody, for me, for everybody, it's like, man, it's now on us to somehow pilfer some truth out of the endless sort of cascade of bullshit that they make us swim through. And that's tough, man. That is tough for all of us. And that's why I say we're in a reality war. There is a war going on for your mind in essence. And, and it is much harder once you take that red pill and you see the truth and you see that these people are liars and their anonymous sources are usually their dogs and they just make up this nonsense. No offense to Clyde, some dogs are totally reliable, but you get my point. And when you see though, that these are usually just depressed, alcoholic, partisan losers, and that's what most members of the media are at this point, well then it's on you to figure out what's true. And then, and then of course the tough part is you have to explain that to friends and family, otherwise they think you're bananas. And that's tough work, but I have nothing better to do and I'm, you know, do you? All right. Uh, guys, let's talk about ExpressVPN real quick. You know, if you supported Trump and watched how big tech shut him down, it's reasonable to think that any of us might be next. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. The wokists are like religious zealots who continue their crusade of censorship, repression, and cancel culture until every last voice of opposition has been crushed. Sadly, they've been reinforced by the media and some of the largest companies in the world. Man, this was the right ad to do right now. That's right, big tech and the far left have formed an unholy alliance to track, censor, and spy on us their fellow Americans. There's never been a more important time to protect our internet activity from bad actors, and that's why I urge everyone to get ExpressVPN. Everything you search for, watch, or click online can be tracked by big tech companies. They can then match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When I switch on ExpressVPN with my computer or phone, my IP address is masked by a secure VPN server, which makes it harder for websites to identify me. The ExpressVPN app also encrypts my network data to protect my sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously, so your whole family can stay safe with a single subscription. What I like most is how easy it is to use. It just takes one click to protect all your devices. Literally one click, it's green, you're good. Uh, that's why they're rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies and their far left enablers in government. Defend your rights with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ruben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ruben to get your three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Ruben to learn more. And now back to me. All right, so The View, you know this show with these shrieking harpies? Uh, that used to be actually pretty decent. If you watch The View, I would say about 15 years ago uh, when Elizabeth Hasselbeck was the same conservative, I was actually far more lefty than her at the time, but I thought she was a respectable conservative. And even before Rosie O'Donnell went completely bananas and she was on there and it was during George W. Bush's presidency and they would do hot topics and they would really argue about things, but it could, it for the most part, remained respectful. It, it sort of devolved over time, but there was like a, plural, a plurality of views on the show. Barbara Walters set up the show. I mean, I remember I remember literally watching the first episode of, of The View, it's gotta be 20 years ago, and in it she did a little talk in the intro about how she wanted women of different walks of life and different different opinions to come together and talk about things. And that that is a pretty good liberal idea, right? That people who are different can talk about ideas and debate them. And at first the show actually was not just about politics, it was about all sorts of stuff, but they did the hot topics thing and that, and then as everything became more political, the show really just became about politics. They brought in Whoopi Goldberg, who I, I used to like, and she's become sort of a crazy lefty, and Joy Behar, who I loved. I used to love Joy Behar. I lived about three blocks from her on the Upper West. 
in New York City. I would see her on the street and we'd chat about comedy and, and I've interviewed her two or three times on my old Sirius XM show years ago. I just adored her and she was like a sane liberal, but orange man bad and she just lost her mind and, and went crazy as so many lefties have. Um, and here's a, a clip from yesterday on The View, Joy talking uh, about Antifa, and I think you'll see why we're playing it. Right out there with his racism, there's no dog whistle for him, you know? It's like, I'm a racist, mm -hmm. have a nice day. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, it's mm -hmm. funny, when I was watching yeah. this, it's so aggravating to listen to this idiot. I mean, he and I are very different. I'll tell you this right now. If I was surrounded by people carrying weapons, uh, people erecting nooses, a screaming hang Mike Pence, bludgeoning a police officer to death, I might be a little scared. But Ron, no, he's not scared <laughs> of those people. He's scared of this fictitious idea of Antifa, a thing that doesn't even exist. He needs Okay, so she's talking about Republican Senator Ron Johnson. Now, okay, yes, he's racist. I know that's all you got. He's racist, he's racist, he's racist. But then this, uh, this comment at the end, Antifa doesn't exist. Well, boy, that, that sounds sort of familiar. Hmm. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing white supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. Joe, Antifa is an idea. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. And I think at the end there, he said not malicious. If I got that part right, he said not malicious. Um, Antifa's, by the way, been destroying cities all over the United States for a couple of years now. They've burned down Targets and Pep Boys. They've caused something like, it's been estimated about one to two billion dollars worth of damage. Uh, over the last couple of days, they've been burning down a federal courthouse in Portland. You're not gonna see that on CNN uh, or from Blue Anon journalists. Um, so why are they pushing the idea that Antifa is an idea. Why would they be doing that? They're telling us not to see what we can see right in front of our eyes. You may remember that video on MSNBC with journalist Ali Velshi standing in front of a burning building as if a bomb had gone off in Fallujah talking about how the protests are mostly peaceful. Are you telling me they're mostly peaceful? I live here in Los Angeles where many of our streets are still boarded up and you know, you've got signs on them that say Black Lives Matter, which has sort of become like a hostage situation. I have to close my business, put a board on the door, write Black Lives Matter, otherwise you're gonna destroy my business. But that's how good you guys are. Like, so Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa have melded into this sort of, this relationship made in hell. It's, it's forged in hell, very, it's very twisted. But anyway, this, this idea that Antifa is just an idea is a terrible idea and it is completely untrue. But why would they want you to think that? They want you to not be able to see what you can see right in front of your eyes so that they can keep lying to you about everything. You know, the election happened, right? The, the, I, want, I voted for Trump, obviously I supported Trump and I wanted him to win. But you know, after the election, were cities burning all over the place? Now that does not diminish what happened on January 6th, it doesn't but were there cities burning all over the place? No. What do you think would have happened if Donald Trump would have won? There would have been cities burning all over the place, extended. And by the way, there's more burning cities coming because uh, we know what's gonna happen in Minneapolis right after the George Floyd verdict. So like this stuff is coming, they're telling us it's coming. It's still happening, even though they got good old Joe, why is there a federal courthouse being attacked on, the, on a nightly basis 
in Portland right now. As we talked about it the other day, there's an autonomous zone in Minneapolis. Are we a third world country or are we America? Are we a nation of laws or are we a nation where you can just do whatever you want and burn things down and take over streets and destroy stores if your politics sort of fall in line with what the Democrats want? I think that question is up for debate at the moment because there is no clear answer on it. Anyway, not good, Joy. Not good, Joy. Not good, Joe. Joe and Joy, you got, we should have a sitcom, Joe and Joy, where they battle an imaginary Antifa. Or no, we should have a sitcom where it's, it's Joy Behar and, and Joe Biden, and they live together on a street in Portland, and they have to put up with Antifa every night, but because they're good lefty liberals, even as their building is burning down, they're going, oh, this is just the idea of our apartment burning down. Nice to know you, Joy, so ridiculous. All right. So uh, Gavin Newsom, who again is being recalled, hallelujah, uh, was on Joy Reid's show on MSNBC yesterday. Joy Reid, I would say, is probably, you know, as bad as say Don Lemon and, and some of the CNN people are. Joy Reid is just absolutely the worst sort of partisan, terrible liar and fraud. These, these, again, these are just not, these are clowns. These are not people anyone should be paying attention to. But Joy Reid uh, had Gavin Newsom on, and she was talking about how if Dianne Feinstein, who was our senator here, who, how old is Dianne Feinstein? I mean, she's gotta be in her late 80s. There's all these rumors that she has cognitive problems. I'm shocked, a Democratic, an old Democrat with cognitive problems, that's so strange. Um, she's 87 years old. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, she's already filed to run again in a couple of years when she'll be 89. Like that's how insane this is. These people will not go away. They will not give up power and just go away. Well, anyway, Gavin Newsom, who's the governor obviously here in California and she and Feinstein is a senator here. If she was to step down, the question was asked by Joy Reid, would he replace her with a black woman? Because that's what you should do if you want to be a good wokester. Let's take a look. Okay, we are out of time, out of time, out of time. I have to go to a break, but I have to, this is a yes or no answer that you could give me. Yeah. Uh, if in fact, Dianne Feinstein uh, were to retire, uh, will you nominate an African-American woman um, to restore the seat that Kamala Harris is no longer in the United States Senate? And do you have a name in mind? I have multiple names yes in yes mind. No. We have multiple names in mind and the answer is yes. Okay, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, thank you. All right, so let's just be clear here. She's a racist and he's a racist, simple as that. Uh, first off, a seat is not owned by anyone. Kamala Harris does not own that seat, which by the way has been replaced, they already replaced that seat, but she doesn't own that seat any more than Dianne Feinstein owns her seat. Dianne Feinstein happens to be a white woman, so then if you were replacing it by race, wouldn't you give it to a white woman? These people are absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. This is counter to everything that America is all about, okay? Like, you, once you see it, and I, I know if you're watching this, you've seen it already, but we need more people to see it. The idea that because one black woman stepped down to become vice president, then if another woman steps down, we should get a black woman to replace that other black woman, what? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. And how about, you're not gonna believe this, guys. How about you replace Feinstein if and when she steps down with someone who's qualified? and you don't care if they're a white woman or a black man or anything else. And by the way, there'll be plenty of people who are qualified of every immutable characteristic combo, every idiotic intersectional idea that you can come up with, we can find somebody who's qualified, but he's such a coward and a buffoon. Yes, I'll do that, Joy, because I'm a good wokester. God, I can't wait to get rid of this idiot. Uh, but anyway, speaking of Gavin Newsom, he is being recalled, and the new meme out there, 
The new meme is that the recall is being done by far right people. It's a partisan, right-wing, evil, conservative thing. Two million people in California have signed it, but it's, it's a partisan right-wing thing. You may remember last week I read a tweet from Bernie Sanders uh, calling it, a, you know, it's a right-wing, well, I gotta do my Bernie. It's a right-wing thing that they're taking out, Gavin Newsom, it's a right Okay, I, that's more, I guess that's more Jackie Mason than Bernie Sanders, it's a fine line. The right-wing people are trying to take out the thing. Okay, so anyway, Gavin Newsom tweeted this. So let's, let's put up Gavin's tweet from yesterday. And he said, I won't be distracted by this partisan Republican recall, but I will fight it. There's too much at stake. Getting Californians vaccinated, our economy safely reopened, and our kids back to school are simply too important to risk. Okay, so I just wanna be clear again, this thing is not partisan by any stretch of the matter. I have been to rallies. I meet people that are mostly Democrats. They're mostly liberals. They're mostly non-political people. They're mostly restaurateurs who suddenly have been mugged by progressive reality. By the way, right now, it's a beautiful day as always here in SoCal, about 70 and not a cloud in the sky. You still cannot go to the gym. You still cannot go to indoor dining. We have 25% outdoor dining or something. I don't think that anyone's really paying attention to this anymore. Well, I guess I guess a certain set of just generic people are, but but good people aren't, and sane people aren't. Um, but anyway, it's so he's saying it's partisan, right? So I retweeted him, and here's my tweet, and I said it isn't partisan. It's Democrats, liberals, centrists, and just regular folks whose lives you des- lives you destroyed for political purposes. As promised, I will throw your retirement party at French Laundry, and then I linked to the video of the event that we did about two weeks ago here in Los Angeles with the Rubin Report Locals community, where I got about 100 real live human beings to drink and shake hands and eat food and smile and talk to each other. And in case you missed it, here it is. Hey, Gavin Newsom, Dave Rubin, I know you know me, man. Listen, we're doing an outdoor gathering here in Los Angeles. Got about 100 people here. We're eating, we're drinking, we're talking about stuff. And we got a nice lady who brought the Gavin Newsom recall. And pretty much everyone has signed it already. So, But we finally found a guy. This guy over here had not signed it yet. So we'll use my back. Signing the Gavin Newsom recall. Anyway, sending my best. Hope everything's good up in uh, Sa- Sacramento, and look forward to seeing you at your retirement party at French Laundry. Right all right, so I will throw a retirement party for the guy at French Laundry. I realize that, that I guess that sounds kind of like smug and elitist. Maybe we'll we'll crowdfund it or something. Let's see if we can raise like a hundred grand, and we'll just get as many people as can get there as possible. Although maybe maybe we should just do it at, at In and Out. That would probably be better. But here's where the story gets interesting because I know just telling you that Gavin Newsom is a fraud and a buffoon isn't that's not that interesting. We all know that. It gets interesting when Bette Midler, Hollywood star, actress, singer, Bette Midler gets involved, she retweeted me and she wrote, total BS, don't listen to this chump. She's talking about me. These people are the same old Prop 13 tax scolds who don't want their taxes to pay for your kids' education. California schools went from number one in the nation to number, to 47th after they got done spreading their selfishness throughout the US and then hashtag boo greed. Now I responded quickly and I just said, enjoy you in First Wives Club, but I had to do a little Googling because I did not hear about uh, Prop 13. I I didn't know about Prop 13, so I wanted to see maybe Bette Midler, Hollywood star, woke elitist Bette Midler is making a good point. So I thought, all right, Prop 13, boy, I must've missed that. You know, I 
been here for a couple of years. I've voted in all the elections since I moved here in 2013. Uh, there's gotta be you know, something that I need to know. Well, it turns out that Prop 13 uh, is from 1978, okay? So she's uh, angry at me over something that happened in 1978. I was only two years old. I lived in Brooklyn at the time, before it was hipster Brooklyn, when it was OG Brooklyn. Uh, and here is from Ballopedia, this is what Prop 13 is, California Proposition 13. The ballot initiative was designed to require that properties be taxed at no more than 1% of their full cash value as shown on the 1975 to 76 assessment rolls and limit annual increases of assessed taxable value to the inflation rate or 2%, whichever was less. Okay, so in essence, in 1978, when I was two years old living in Brooklyn, they passed something in California that limited how much the state could just arbitrarily decide how much property taxes are. You're not gonna believe this bet, I'm 100% for that. We also have ridiculously high property taxes in California, some of the highest in the United States. And of course in LA, it's some of the highest in the state. So high, it's very, it's very high all around over here. Also, this is, this is such a perfect illustration of what so many leftists think about everything, that only if we just took enough money from you people, right? If we just took your money and put it to the things that we want to put it to, that, thing, that things will be better. And they love to throw money at things. So instead of really thinking about, well, are our students being educated properly? Are we spending this money wisely? It's always about, oh, just throw more money at it. But then I thought, okay, Let's do a little further digging and let's find out some information because she's saying that it's all sort of bottomed out over here. We've got a map of public school spending per student. Right now, look at the map. Take a look over there at the map. California spends on average $12,500, which is ranked 20th per student on education, okay? Florida, which spends less, 9.3 is ranked Third, this is in performance, obviously. So meaning that in student performance, Cal uh, Florida spends about 9,000 per student, they're ranked third. California, which spends 3,000 more, about a quarter more, uh, is ranked 20th. So it, again, they just, they don't think anything through. So not only is it a proposition from 42 years ago when I was a child, a proposition that I would have voted for if I was an adult, at the time, because I understand that you can't just raise taxes to make things better, it always makes things worse. But also we did a little further digging and uh, Bette Midler, she's, she wants your money. If you live in California, she wants your money for her purposes. Uh, she's worth an estimated as of January, 2021, $250 million. $250 million. Now, I, you know, I'm not one to tell someone what they can do with their private funds, but it seems to me she could take I don't know, say 200 million of that and build some schools, do, do some good stuff with that. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not Bette Midler's accountant and I'm not privy to her, uh, her documents, but I'm pretty sure that when she does her taxes, she does her taxes like every other sane person, which is you say to your accountant, don't do anything illegal, but I'd love to get a rebate check. You know, keep it all across the T's, dot the I's, uh, but you know, I don't wanna pay a lot in taxes but this is what they do. They virtue signal the fuck out of everything while pretending that they're moral for wanting your money. They've actually made jealousy seem like a virtue and that is a problem. So, and, and then I was thinking about one other thing related to this, putting aside like all the specifics about education and the money and everything else. This is, if you want like a perfect example of how wokeness 
and how, how modern leftism ruins everything. It's like, I have no problem with Bette Midler. The episode of Seinfeld she's in is one of my favorite episodes. I love the movie First Wives Club. She's been in some other stuff that I like. Halloween comes around. If Hocus Pocus is on, I'll watch Hocus Pocus. But now, every time something comes on that has Bette Midler in it, I'm gonna have to think, oh, there's that crazy lady who called me a chump on Twitter. And that is how the hyper-politization of everything that we have going on right now, where these people, it's like, don't you realize, Bette Midler, that half the country at least doesn't agree with you? But only the lefties can get away with it. If Gina Carano dares say something that is actually true, what happens to her? She gets booted from Disney. But you can be a lefty in Hollywood and call half the country racists and chumps and buffoons and deplorables, and you're good to go. And that is why what I'm interested in is people who build things. And one of the very cool things that's happening right now is we're seeing conservatives start to build things. As you guys know, uh, Daily Wire is going into business with Gina Carano and she's gonna produce some movies for them. They're doing a live studio show with Candace Owens. Like, that's pretty awesome. My guys at The Blaze are building all kinds of cool things. I like people who build, not just people who do. And speaking of people who build, uh, part two of my interview with David Sachs, uh, who is a huge VC guy from Craft Ventures and a great guy, and he's he's been really a, an outspoken proponent of getting rid of Gavin Newsom, and he's, he's challenging, I mean, when you talk about do and not just talk, he's been challenging the San Francisco DA to debates because I don't have to tell you, you guys already know what's going on in San Francisco. It's just an abject disaster because of their DA. His name is Chesa Bodine. And of course, we now have their former DA down here, George Gascon, who's also being recalled. And they're trying to recall Chesa as well. There's a lot of interesting things happening if you can see it. You just can't see it if you watch mainstream media. Uh, anyway, uh, Sachs uh, part two is on YouTube right now. And of course, the full interview is already available totally ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, oh, and then I will have a bonus interview this week. We are doing a shorter bonus interview with Senator Rand Paul. They reached out to us. He wanted to talk to me and drop some info. So we're gonna do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm choking here. We're gonna do that on Thursday. And uh, for more, if you wanna play along and, and chat with me directly, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.